1: This is episode number 85 of Excuse Me, That's Illegal, the podcast that takes a hardcore look, gets some softcore crimes. I'm your boy Leroy, coming at you straight out of the closet to talk about a couple hostile scenarios involving peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Peanut butter. We all know it mixes well with chocolate, jam, bananas, bacon, lots of foods. But I bet you didn't know it also pairs well with crime. It's true and not just petty crimes like we'll be discussing. There's even this dude named Robert Pruitt, who was serving out a 99-year prison sentence in Texas. He got in a heated argument with a jail guard who wouldn't let him bring his peanut butter sandwich out to the recreation yard as it was against company policy. Or prison policy, huh? Is a prison a company? I don't know. Anywho, one thing led to another, and Mr. Pruitt ended up repeatedly stabbing the guard with a makeshift weapon. And he died. Technically of a heart attack, but I'm pretty sure the heart attack was brought on by the vicious beating. Had to be. Pruitt was executed for his crimes in October of 2017 via lethal injection. They don't mess around in Texas. I looked up his last meal out of curiosity, and I gotta say, I was slightly disappointed in the guy. No peanut butter in sight. He instead dined on a chicken patty, mashed potatoes with gravy, black-eyed peas, corn, sliced bread, hamburger chili... And crackers. It's a whole lot of food. Afterwards, I read that Texas no longer does last meal requests. So that was just the same food the other fellas were eating that night. Which, dang, you know? Those death row inmates are eating better than I am. I gotta get on that death row diet. That's wild. I bet Pruitt could have got a little packet of peanut butter to go along with a sliced bread. But no doubt the guards hated him for what he did. So maybe they denied him of that sweet nut butter. Guess we'll never know. Okay, let's get a joke in, then move on with the show. Alright, why couldn't the peanut butter afford a sandwich? Because it didn't have the bread. <laughs> Alright everybody, hop in the minivan and let's cruise these suburban streets as I serenade you with a couple tales of low-level true crime. And don't worry my friends, I promise to get you back home in a jiff. Jiff is a brand of peanut butter. Pretty good one too, damn skippy. Skippy is also a brand of peanut butter, (laughs) Uh, that's all I got. Episode number 85, peanut butter and Jelly. My kids love a good PB&J sandwich. Unfortunately, when we send them off to school, they can't indulge in those delicious treats due to all the nut allergies out there. And I get it, I get it. It's no big deal. Safety first. I would hate for them to be responsible for some little dude or dudette having a crazy allergic reaction, suffering at our expense because my kids want to get their nut on. Sometimes we'll send them to school with jam on bread or a bagel, but it's just not the same. I still love peanut butter and jam sandwiches myself. They're a delicious combo and take me straight back to my childhood. To me, they're a comfort food, but apparently that isn't the case for everyone. Because today when we bust out these delicious sandwiches, things are going to get uncomfortable real quick. Okay, our first story takes us to Des Moines, which is a city in Iowa. It's actually their state capital. Now, is Iowa a safe place to live? Well, let's check in with our friends at NeighborhoodScout.com to find out more. Ooh, Des Moines receives a 5 on the crime index, which means it's only safer than 5% of U.S. cities. Chances of becoming a victim of a property crime over there are only 1 in 25. Chances of becoming a victim of a violent crime are 1 in 141. Chances of becoming a victim of a violent crime at the hands of your own brother, if his name is Jerome Davis, are 1 out of 1. It's basically unavoidable. Just one of those things that are going to happen. But hey, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Let's travel back to Friday, January 3rd, 2014. The holiday season has just come to a close. It's a new year. New year, new me. Jerome Davis likely thought perhaps his New Year's resolutions were to develop better eating habits, to be less lazy, and to be nicer to his brother. If those were in fact his resolutions, by the end of the day, he'll have failed miserably on all accounts, going 0 for 3. Jerome is a 51-year-old man who lives with his brother in the big city. Looking at a picture of Jerome, it's easy to see he's a bit of an asshole. He looks grumpy as heck in his mugshot. Then again, who doesn't? So we'll cut him a bit of slack here. But he does have a serious case of resting bitch face. His pouty bottom lip is all that can be seen of his mouth, which is surrounded by pubes. He's got a bushy goatee going on, along with dark circles under his eyes and shaggy brown hair down to his shoulders. Looks like he's wearing an orange t-shirt too. Or that might be a prison jumpsuit now that I think about it. Whatever it is, it kind of looks good on him. Jerome has been in trouble with the law a few times over the past 20 years, spending very short stints in jail for petty stuff, a few drug-related convictions, and a criminal trespassing charge. To say Jerome has a bad temper might be a tad unfair. He will get angry very shortly and take a minor argument to the extreme, but it's with his brother. My two sons fight all the time. Brothers just know what buttons to push. My bro Jack and I have been in a few heated debates ourselves too over the years. But usually once you grow up, all that stuff is behind you. These bros are now in their 50s though, so it seems like it may never stop. Let's get to the incident in question here. It all starts off innocently enough. Jerome fixes himself some lunch. In the kitchen, he makes three peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Ooh, what a hungry boy. He then sits down in front of the television and devours them. No less than 45 minutes later, Jerome is back in the kitchen yet again. And he's going to, well, you guessed it, make himself three more peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Clearly, he's a man with a sophisticated palate. Anyway, he goes back into the living room to eat some more. This is when his bro made a comment or two about his eating habits. And then an altercation ensued. In the brother's defense, and we don't get his name, but... Like, you're sitting there watching your brother eat an entire loaf of bread, basically, along with probably half a bottle of peanut butter, not to mention the jam. How could you not roast them a little, you know? It's hilarious. Here is a snippet from the police report. It says, quote, Jerome Davis made three peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and ate them in the living room. Within the next hour, the suspect made another three of these peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. This brought his total consumption of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to six. This angered the victim, his brother. Both victim and suspect began yelling about the other being lazy and eating again. End quote. This shouldn't have been a big deal, some bickering between bros, but Jerome takes things to the next level. While both men are yelling at each other, Jerome then decides to pull out a knife, and he holds this weapon up to his brother's face, threatening to cut him. I gotta add that the knife he used was described as a folding knife, like a pocket knife. It wasn't the dull butter knife he had used to smear all that peanut butter with. So this scene was actually kind of scary. Scary enough that Jerome's bro called the cops. When police arrive on the scene, they will end up confiscating two folding knives from Jerome. He's a bit of a knife aficionado. No guns though. So this is Jerome's preferred method of protection. You gotta enjoy this next quote. Jerome says things turned violent because, quote, brother wouldn't shut the fuck up and mind his own business, end quote. Good point. But maybe it was his brother who bought the peanut butter. And if that was the case, then Jerome made it his business. Jerome would be hauled off to the county jail and charged with domestic abuse with a weapon. Let's check out some of the comments from the Daily Mail here and see what the people are thinking. Katie from England says, Peanut butter and jelly? Gross. There's some mind-boggling combinations in America. A couple Americans responded to this comment. Enna says, Peanut butter and jelly has been a classic combination in the U.S. for generations. I like them together on whole wheat bread. And Samantha responds with, In America, we call jam jelly. I wonder if you're thinking of jelly as what we'd call jello. So we eat peanut butter and jam on sandwiches not gelatin. Okay, yeah, I thought peanut butter and jam were a combo eaten across the world. Maybe it's a miscommunication here. Now that I think about it, I say jam or jelly meaning the same thing. I think jelly has chunks of fruit in it and jam is smoother. I don't know, I'm no expert. Some people from Australia were also criticizing the combo. I don't know, it must be the wording. Hey, listeners in the UK, you put jam on your crumpets over there, don't you? While you're sipping your tea. Don't don't you ever mix peanut butter in there? Let me know. Maybe you guys just don't like the combo. Hmm. Anyway, it's not just America that enjoys a PB&J sandwich. Us Canadians do too. Then again, that shouldn't be surprising because we're like America's little sister over here. We do a lot of the same stuff. Uh, What else we got? A few less controversial comments here. John says, He ain't heavy. He's my brother. Nice. We also got Ray who says this dude is a few sandwiches short of a picnic and Cobb SX2 gets emotional on us and says if I stop and think about it this is a really sad story was the brother concerned that his sibling was overeating and ruining his health maybe their food supply was low and had to last until the next payday which could have been days away hard to judge from what is written here End quote. I really don't think it's that deep" Cobb sx 2 i think jerome was just being a glutton and his bro was busting his balls about it either way it was pretty amusing i gotta tell you about factor everybody factor is awesome and they make eating better easy with their delicious ready to eat meals do you like to save time of course you do with factor every fresh never frozen meal is chef crafted and ready to go in just two minutes there's no prep and no mess The meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no cooking or cleanup necessary, which is great if you're a person like me who is always on the go. Eating fast food is fun, but let's face it, it's usually greasy and has become quite expensive. We've done the math, the numbers are in, and Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious, so you can feel good about your choices. So what are you waiting for, Illegalites? Head to factormeals.com excuse me, that's illegal 50 and use code excuse me, that's illegal 50 to get 50% off. That's code excuse me, that's illegal 50 at factormeals.com excuse me, that's illegal 50 to get 50% off. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go to the gym, go for a run, read a book, take a nap? I'd probably take a nap. Yeah, definitely take a nap. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? And therapy can help you find what matters most to you, so you can do more of it. It's also helpful for learning positive coping skills and it empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And who doesn't want that? If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Sounds good, don't it? Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Here's what you got to do. Visit BetterHelp.com slash excuse me today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, hel pcom excuse me.
0: What's the easiest choice you can make?
1: Before we get into our next story, I chose to keep it very specific in this episode and just pick two crimes that involve peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. There are a lot of crimes that involve peanut butter, just in general. There was actually another story I came across in Florida, shocking, where a brother and sister who were living together, the sister was 29, not sure how old her brother was, but they got in an argument at 2am when her dog urinated on the carpet in the living room. Gross, right? Well, things got heated, and she flung a spoonful of peanut butter at her bro and hit him square in the face with it. One of them then called 911, I'm assuming the brother, but then he quickly hung up, changing his mind, just trying to scare the sister. The 911 operator called back, and they didn't answer that call, so they sent an officer over to do sort of a welfare check. And when he got there, they were still arguing, and the brother still had peanut butter smeared on his face. And the woman actually ended up getting charged with battery for this incident. Peanut battery. (laughs) There were other disturbing stories involving peanut butter and dogs and human body parts. You don't really have to use your imagination there. And I'm talking like at least 30 stories. And that was without doing too much digging. I like to keep this show somewhat wholesome. So we're not going to go there. But I am going to discuss some of my findings with my bro Jack Luna on Patreon on our Lunabin show. He doesn't know it yet, but I'm looking forward to an interesting and awkward conversation. Patreon.com slash, excuse me, that's illegal to hear how that goes later this month. Link in show notes. Did I just casually slip in a Patreon plug in the middle of this episode? I think I did. Anyway, moving on to story number two. And we are headed to Fruitland Park, which is a city in Lake County, Florida. That's right. We are back in Florida, my friends. Fruitland Park is a great place to live, at least according to blog.eragrizzard.com. They say, quote, Predating the Civil War, the town of Fruitland Park is one of Central Florida's most precious secrets and has some gorgeous historic sites. It's known as the friendly city, where neighborhoods are canopied with oak trees and the old Florida feel is blended beautifully with the new. End quote. Fruitland Park has a population of just over 10,000 people, according to the 2018 census, so it's quite cozy and quaint. Its nickname is the Friendly City, but in the household we're about to step into, the vibe is not going to feel that way at all. Nope, not one bit. Let's do this. We're traveling back to January 10th of 2016. It's a Sunday, technically, but it's late Saturday night shortly after midnight, and we're going to be flies on the wall of the home of Keith Davidson and his wife, who shall remain nameless. For story flow's sake, we'll call her Marcy. 43-year-old Keith had been sleeping, but he woke up to a growling tummy. Keithy was hungry, so he got his groggy ass up to make a big boy snack, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and he was going to wash it down with a tall glass of milk. Let me just check my notes here quickly. Yep, okay. Just verifying that Keith is, in fact, 43, and not four or three years old. It's a bit of a childish snack. Anyway, to each their own. So as he's preparing this feast, he's poured the milk, he smears the peanut butter on the bread, and now he makes a grisly discovery. They're all out of jam. And now he's pissed. God damn it, Marcy. How the heck did you let this happen? I mean, clearly it's her fault, right? Peanut butter and jam is a great combo. We've been over this, but peanut butter on its own is also fine. And I think any other normal adult would agree. Just throw jam on the shopping list, enjoy your peanut butter sandwich and warm milk, and go back to bed, you big man child. That would have been the easy solution. But obviously, that's not what happens. Okay, so the husband and wife are bickering back and forth, and Marcy starts to clean up. Let's hear her tell what happens. Marcy quote, When I went to go grab the peanut butter, I hit the cup of milk, and the cup of milk fell on the floor. Allow me to cut in here for a second, Marce, and set up what happens next. Keith decides he's going to clean up the milk, which, you know, wow, that's the first responsible uh, thing he's done so far, right? Wrong. In a despicable move, Keith grabs Marcy by the back of the head, pushes the poor lady to the ground, and starts cleaning up the milk with her hair. Marcy quote, to use me as a dish mop? It's not the first, not the second, not the third time, but I can't take no more. He turned into a monster. End quote. Yikes. When she says not the second or third time, this is showing a huge pattern of abuse. 911 is called and both Marcy and Keith can be heard on this call. I think Keith is trying to act like his wife's the crazy one. He goes, why is she hollering? Marcy screams, because you ripped my shirt off and threw me on the floor. That's why I'm yelling. Keith can then be heard whining, she threw my peanut butter and jelly on the floor. I thought she accidentally knocked the milk on the floor. She may have knocked the milk and sandwich on the floor, and it may have been on purpose, not accidentally. They both kind of have different versions of events, but honestly, it doesn't really matter and doesn't excuse Keith's aggressive actions. When the cops arrive, Marcy shows them what they would describe as significant bruising on her arm. And of course, her hair is all wet from the milk. I'm kind of regretting not coupling this story with another milk-related crime. Then I could have called the episode, Don't Cry Over Spilled Milk. Oh well. Uh, Keith is taken to Lake County Jail and charged with battery. He posted his $1,000 bond shortly after and got out. He didn't go back to the home though. According to Marcy, he's no longer welcome good. A saddened Marcy said, quote, you can love someone with all your heart, but if they're not going to be a good person for you in your life, then it's time to just say goodbye. And it's the hardest thing for me. End quote. I couldn't find an update if the charges stuck on Keith. Hopefully he served a little bit of jail time at least. And I really hope Marcy didn't give in and take this giant turd back. The headlines really pulled me in on this story and they're kind of unprofessional. I know coming from me, that's rich, but even on the news, they show a picture of Keith, and under his mugshot, the caption reads, Human Mop Assault. And the headlines over and over and over again Florida man uses wife as human mop. Human mop, human mop. Human mop this, human mop that. They're all talking about it. The Daily Mail headline always makes me laugh. Uh, they managed to squeeze the entire story into a ridiculously long 25 word run on sentence. For this one, they wrote, Okay, I'm going to try to do this all in one breath. We'll see how that goes. Florida husband used his wife's head as a mop to clean up spilled milk after becoming enraged when there was no jelly for his sandwich. Outstanding. People who read this article, a lot of them seeming more outraged by the peanut butter and jelly combo than Keith's abuse of his wife, which is strange. But we got a few good comments. Sarf Garfia says, quote, Sounds like a codeine withdrawal. A surgeon put me on that shit one time and I threw a couch sofa across the room when I could not locate the remote for the TV. Bad stuff. Okay, interesting theory. Gizmo XX says, As a woman, I let every man I date know if you hit me, you will hit the floor next. And you will never touch me in any way ever again. I had one guy that I was dumping hit me. And I put him in the hospital. He spent two years sending me gifts and begging me to go back with him, and I never did. I guarantee the next girl after me, he would think long and hard before laying a hand on her. I taught him consequences for his actions. You go, girl. And finally, I think we'll end on this one. It comes from Ricky the Sicky from Chicago. He brings up a great point, but at the same time, if this is all he took away from the story then that's pretty sad. Ricky says, peanut butter and jelly on toast with milk is so good. And on that note, we are back. That's a wrap on episode number 85, peanut butter and jelly. Believe it or not, peanut butter and jelly aren't the only ingredients used in sandwich crimes. Egg salad, tuna fish, you name it. They all have their places in criminal history. I will probably do another episode on sandwich-related mayhem one day. Perhaps I'll wait a couple years, though. I don't want you to think I'm running low on ideas. The last episode was about socks. Now this one is PB&Js. Sounds like I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel. But I assure you, we're just getting started. This has been a delicious show, but it's not over yet. Because it's listener confession time, baby! So let's get criminal, criminal. I wanna get criminal. Wow, it's like the ghost of Olivia Newton-John is right here in this closet. That uh, That was beautiful, if I do say so myself. This confession comes in from a fellow named Rory. Rory says, I've been holding in this secret for years. I'm very ashamed. It still bothers me to this day. So since I can't afford a psychiatrist to talk to, I thought, why not tell Leroy and the other thousands upon thousands of illegalites? (laughs) Right on, Rory. He goes on to say, This happened like 10 years ago, when I was a degenerate in my teens. I got really high and had a bad case of the munchies. I searched the cupboards of my house and couldn't find anything substantial enough to satisfy my hunger pains. And then I spotted it. A homemade apple pie. It was just sitting there on the table, untouched. My mom must have baked it. I'll just have a quick slice, I thought. A few minutes later, shit, I must have zoned out because I nearly ate the entire thing. Uh Uh-oh, mom's going to kill me. Then I remembered she was having company over that night. (laughs) And that's why she baked the pie in the first place. Oh no, I'm so screwed. Then I came up with an idea. I smushed my face into the last piece of pie and scattered the crumbs all over the table, making a mess. It looked like our dog did it. When my mom arrived home, I could hear her yelling, Bad Max! Bad dog! My plan actually worked. And all at poor Max's expense. I framed him, and ever since that day, he never looked at me the same. Maybe it was just in my imagination, but I think he lost some respect for me. Max passed away a few years ago. And I apologized to him. Took him for long walks, gave him belly rubs. But I don't think he ever fully forgave me. I'm kind of joking, but I really did feel bad for selling out Max. I'm sure he forgot about it the next day, but I haven't. It's funny how that works. I should have just taken the punishment from my mom. Let that be a lesson to all you kids out there. When you do something wrong, just fess up. Don't throw your friends under the bus. It's not worth it. Thanks for everything you do, Leroy. Love the show. Rory. Aw, thanks, Rory. That was spectacular. And yeah, don't feel bad. I'm sure Max didn't hold a grudge. Dogs are cool like that. Very loyal. Much better than us humans in a lot of ways. Shout out to Max. He sounds like he was a good boy. And you're a good boy too, Rory. Trust me. After the things I've read that people do to or with their dogs recently, what you did doesn't even compare. Thanks for sharing, pal. Excuse me, that's illegal at gmail.com is the email. Send me your confessions. I love to hear them. Okay, I already talked about Patreon. You know the deal. A Big Mac a month really helps out the show and gets you some kick-ass bonus content in return. That's it for now. Uh, Thank you for the support, guys. I love making this show, and I'm just grateful that I have an audience to tell these stories to. Otherwise, I'd just be a guy talking to himself in the closet, and that's a scary thought. Meet me back here in 10 days, and you know the drill. I will be happy to serve you up another hearty helping of soft core scumbaggery. Peace!